I was told that we're reviewing Daf Yud Aleph, so that's what we're doing. We're going to start our review of yesterday's Daf and then get to today's. What did we learn yesterday? So, we... Um, Ask anyone if so, anyone would like to come for a scene on Tuesday. Oh yeah, I'm going to have to talk to you about it. An issue. Okay. All right. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, she's like, huh? It's like Tuesday, whatever, I don't know. Okay. Okay, thank you. All right, so let's get started on the review of Daf Yud Aleph. So, what did we learn yesterday? Yesterday we started off at, uh, um, I think it was the fifth line. Um, and uh, basically, the question is, is that uh, how, how come, basically we sort of have a contradiction in Rabbi Yehuda, and happens to be a contradiction in the Chacham as well. Because Rabbi Yehuda in the Mishnah had said that uh, we don't want you checking for chametz in a time when you're not allowed to eat chametz. Because uh, you're going to be tempted. Why should we tempt faith that you're going to just uh, be, you know, this delicious food. You might come to eat it, and it's also to eat at that time. So there's no checking at that time. Chacham, no problem, no worries, we're not worried about that. That's Chacham. They're relaxed, and Rabbi Yudh is concerned. Comes along the Gemara, and it says that, um, uh, that when it comes to bringing the carbon Omer, um, the day that the Omer was brought, already in the stores, they have everything right laid out to, buy, to go shopping, on the day that the is brought. How could that be? So according to Rameyer, it was Shaloi Barat Everyone was against it. The rabbi said, this is wrong. Not supposed to do And according to Rabbi Yudah, it was Barat There was no issue. And he wasn't making any gzera that maybe you're going to come to eat. The answer that we said was, Rabbi says that Chadash is different because since um, we have built-in reminders with when it comes to Chadash, because you cannot harvest in the regular way, so that gives you a reminder, and that's the difference. So Bayi said on that, um, maybe that works for when you're harvesting, but what about when you're grinding? What about when you're sifting? Where's your reminder in those stages? So the answer is, is that that's also, um, the grinding is done differently. You don't use your water grinder, like the, the water wheel that they used to grind with, um, that was powered by the river, but rather they used a hand one, which is obviously a lot more work. And also, um, when it comes to sifting, they didn't sift on the inside, they sifted on the back side of it, which is also a reminder. So that's the answer that we said. Problem is, is that there's a Mishnah, <coughs> excuse me, there's a Mishnah that says in... Uh, there's a Mishnah that says that, um, uh, in, I think it's in Menachos, that says that you can harvest the, uh, the, the certain irrigated fields and the fields in the valleys, even in the regular manner. The only thing that you can't do is um, pile it up in, the big, in a big pile. So why, how does that work? So, um, and we said that's going like Rabbi Yudu, it says that it was Baratzon Chacham So, what's the answer? That's the question. The Gemara says, is that uh, must be, it says Abaye, that there's a different reason why we're not concerned when it comes to Chadash, and that is that Chadash people are um, 
are bagomine, they 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 stay away from it, they know to stay away from it, and chametz, it's in their head to eat chametz, and that's why it's a bigger concern. So Rabbi says, how come we're only bothered by the contradiction of Rabbi Yudha and not the contradiction of the Chachamim? What's the answer for them? So the Gemara says, you're right. The answer to Rabbi Yudha is like we said, Chadosh, there's less of a concern. People know not to eat Chadosh. They haven't been allowed to eat Chadosh all this time up until now. So they're going to stay away. As opposed to Chametz, they were eating up until now and now they need to stop eating. So it's a bigger fear. The answer in the Rabbanon is this, that when you're looking to destroy all the chametz and find all the chametz, we're not afraid that you're going to eat the chametz. Okay? You're trying to get rid of all the chametz before Pesach. So there's very little fear that you're going to come to eat it. And that's the difference. Whereas opposed to the Chadash case, where they are concerned, because by Chadash, it's, you know, it's good food that you plan on eventually eating. It's just not yet the time. So that's a big difference. Ravashi offers his own answer. He says that the difference in Rebuda is this, that uh, we didn't bring, we're not saying that they had finished food products that are in edible state that you're, that's, that's from Chadash. They just had flour and toasted grain, which they have to actually bake off afterwards. So that shows that uh, that's why it's not a concern, because it's not really edible yet. So, um, and that's why it was brought to Chacham Says the Gemara that Ravashi's drasha is bedusa. It's not accurate. His answer is not a good answer, and the reason why is because that only works once it's toasted. You're right; it's not edible till you cook it. But before then, it was edible. And um, and uh, what are you going to say that you have the reminder when you do it in the abnormal way when you're harvesting with kituf? That works in some fields, but the fields that are the irrigated fields and the fields in the valleys, and the valleys which we said that you are allowed to harvest in the regular manner. You don't have that built-in reminder, and that's going like Rebuda. So therefore, we reject Rav Ashi's answer. Oh, which brings us to the next question. Is it true that whenever people aren't Badalmine, they're not something that they stay away from, then Rav Yehuda is concerned and he'll make a decree? What about the Mishnah? The Mishnah in Shabbos. The Mishnah in Shabbos says that if the person wants to have, it creates a contraption, that with an eggshell held over the, the candle, and basically it, as the candle is being burnt, it'll use up some of the fuel, and then this will drip in more fuel as, as you're going. And according to Rabbi Uta, he has no problem with you doing that, and we're not afraid that you're going to come to help yourself to some of the oil. I, it's lo bedili mine, and what's the difference? Why, should, why shouldn't we be afraid that you'll come to take some of the oil, which is not allowed? So the Gemara answers, um, Rabbi Yehuda is not concerned of that because that's how Shabbos is. Shabbos is so severe, it's so strict in people's mind, they'll know to avoid it and not, and not, and not go near any potential iser of Shabbos. That's the difference. So the Gemara says, really, we have a contradiction within Shabbos, because here you're saying that Shabbos people will stay away, there's no reason to make a and yet when it comes to the rope that's, that's, that's snapped on Shabbos, um, you can't tie it, uh, you could just make an aniva, according to the Tanakhama, and according to Rebuda, you cannot even make a, a bow. So what do you see? You see that Rebuda is more strict, and he's making Xeris, even in El Shabbos, where we said that it, the stringency of Shabbos keeps people from doing the wrong thing, I thought. So that's the contradiction. So the Gemara says, 
Yes, again, it's really a contradiction in both directions. The contradiction in Rabbi Yehuda and the contradiction in the Rabbanon. Because the Rabbanon here are saying you can tie a bow. And we're not afraid that you're going to come to tie a proper knot. And uh, over there, by the, by the eggshell, they were worried about you helping yourself to some of the oil. The difference is, is oil to oil is people will switch and get confused. And if you let them take this oil, they may come to take... Uh, they, you know, they could take the oil and that's the problem that they're going to help themselves to the oil. But a bow, a bow and a knot is a very different act and therefore they're not worried about it. In Rabbi Yudha, it's not difficult because Rabbi Yudha is not he's not saying that we're worried that if you, we allow you to make a bow, you're going to come to make a knot. It, the reason why he has a problem with a bow is because according to him, a bow is a knot. He defines a knot in a broader way, and that's taka del rice, according to him, mm-hmm. and that's a difference. Okay. So, um, so the Gemara says, okay, well, there's another question, a question, contradiction from Rabbanon Adar Rabbanon. What's the contradiction? Here we said that you can tie, um, uh, you can tie the, the, the bucket with a belt, but not with a rope. And Rabbi Yudha says, you can even tie with a rope. Now, obviously, if we're talking about a regular rope, then why would anybody allow you to tie it? That's a Keshe Shel Kayama, it's going to stay there, and that's for sure, it should be pro- prohibited. Because um, uh, you're going to leave it there, and it's a permanent knot. So we're obviously talking about not just any old rope, we're talking about a, a, a rope of the weavers. The rope of the weavers, they're, they're going to want the rope back after Shabbos. They're not leaving there, it's a specialized rope, they're going to want it back. So, um, the question is, why the Rabbanon not allow the rope? Why does Rebuda allow the rope? So the reason is, is that a rope of weavers to a regular rope is similar enough that people will say, oh, if I'm allowed to use that rope, I could come to use a different rope, and I guess it's okay, and they won't realize that it's not allowed. Um, but making a bow instead of a knot, that's already not, a, not as much of a concern, and that's the difference. Says the Gemara, is it, if it's something, that was the answer to the contradiction in the Rabbana. What about cases where you, people do stay away? Um, Rabbi Yudha is not Gozer. Um, we asked the question, why, how does that fit in with the Brisa talking about a Bukhar? Bukhar has, um, a Bukhar has a, a high blood pressure. You need to do a bloodletting, otherwise he might die. So it's very serious. So you're not allowed to do bloodletting according to Rabbi Yudha, but according to the Chamin, you can. Just don't do it in a place where it'll make a permanent blemish. We'll make a blemish, actually. And so what's the difference? I thought since Kachim is so severe, people are bagumine, they're careful about it, and therefore Rabbi Yudha should be more relaxed about it. Why is he extra concerned? The answer is, is because there's another fact over there, that there's, other, there's a rule that Adam Bahul al-Mamono, a person acts... You know, um, hastily, he doesn't think things through when it comes to his money because he's very worried about losing his money. And therefore, when it comes to the loss of his animal, he, gets, he may act irrationally, and that's what we're afraid of. And that's why, um, if you let him do it anywhere, he may come to do it in the wrong spot. The Chachamim, they also say, Adam Bala Mamono. But their take is the opposite. They're saying, since a person's so worried about his money, if we don't give an allowance to do it somewhere, he's going to do it on his own without asking any questions. And then he'll do it even in a place where he'll make a blemish. So therefore, um, therefore that's, why it's, uh, that's why they allow it. And that's the reason why Rabbi Huda does not allow it.
So the Gemara says, is it true that Rabbi Huda is worried about this concept? He holds Adam Bola Mamono. Doesn't the Mishnah say, Rabbi Huda says, that you're not allowed to comb the Bema with a fine tooth comb on Yom Tif because it actually can penetrate the skin of the animal and it will cut the animal. But the fat, the fat tooth combs, you could. So he's not worried about Xera, okay? Um, even though it's Bahala Mimono, about something, his animal, you know, he needs to comb his animal. Now the Chum say you can't use it at all. So the Gemara explains um, what the difference is. Kidur is the fine tooth comb, which is pointy, and the, the Kartsuf is, uh, I'm sorry, Kartsuf is the fat one, which is not, is not going to make a, a wound. So the difference is, is that over there, um, the difference is when it comes to the bloodletting, if you don't bloodlet the animal, the animal could die. That's Adam Bala Mamona because he's going to lose his animal. As opposed to over here, the animal is in pain. There's mud stuck on its fur, whatever. It's uncomfortable. And you want to comb it out. It's, but he's not going to die from it. So therefore, you don't say Adam Bala Mamona in this case. What's the difference? Why by Chamech he does make Xerah? Um, and he's worried. And why by Katsov he does make it? Because he says, bread with bread, people make, you know, it's easily make a mistake. You may come to eat it. As opposed to Kidor and Katsov, those are two different acts. And he does make a over there. And that was the end of that discussion. Took us to the new Mishnah. So, Question is, when is the end time before eating chametz? When is the beginning time for burning the chametz? So Reb Meir says that you can eat the entire fifth hour of the day and you burn in the beginning of the sixth hour, meaning up to five hours you're allowed to eat. From after hour five into the hour six, that's when you have to burn the chametz. Reb Yudha says you eat all the fourth hour, you do not eat any more into the fifth hour, and then into the sixth hour is when you start burning. Rabbi Yudha says they used to have a simon, a sign for everybody in the base of English. There are two loaves of a tota that were invalid already, but they used it for this purpose. And they were placed on top of the wall and, uh, in the base of Migdash. If you saw both loaves, you knew that you're still allowed to eat. If they took one, they knew that you're no longer allowed to eat, but it's not yet the time to burn. Once they're all gone, they say, ah, that's when it's time to burn, and that's when they started burning all of their chametz. Rabbi Gamliel said that the difference is chulin can be eaten all, all fourth hour. Truma can be eaten all fifth hour, because there, there's a prohibition to destroy what's allowed to be eaten. It's an imperative to eat. It's not the same thing as just regular food. And you burn, again, as everyone says, in the beginning of the sixth hour. So, we are tying this in, in the Gemara to a different halacha which is somewhat related. And that is the, the halacha regarding testimony. Somebody says on, uh, um, it was the second day of the month and the other person says it was the third day of the month. We say that's a good testimony because one of them knew about the Ibor HaChodesh, the other one did not know the Ibor HaChodesh and that's why they're off a day. Okay? Um, one guy says that it's... Um, the third day of the hour, third hour of the day. The other one said it was the fifth hour of the day. Then we throw. I'm sorry, the third day of the month, and the other one said the fifth day of the month. That's off by two days. That will never. That will throw out. Two hours in the day or three hours in the day. It's a valid testimony. One says three hours in the day, and the other one says five hours in the day. That's an invalid testimony, and that's from Meir Shita. Rebuda says no. It's a good testimony, even from three to five. 
What about, when is it not a good testimony? From 5 to 7, because one is before noon, the other one is afternoon. You can easily see the difference between before noon and afternoon. And that's why um, that's uh, not something that somebody can mistake. Abaye, in trying to understand the machlokas between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda, says like this, that Rabbi Meir holds that people don't make any mistakes at all. Um, when they say the time, they definitely know the time, and it's just a matter of wording. Okay? And Rabbi Yehuda says people do make a mistake up to a half an hour. And therefore we have to cover for the mistake that might be a half an hour in two opposite directions, and they can be off to basically over an hour, just over an hour. In other words, um, okay, so it, the story happened, let's say, at the, it was two going into three, and he, the one who said uh, two, he meant the end of two. The other one who said three, he meant the beginning of the third. And, um, and that's why Rameir said that's acceptable because they're really not making any mistake. It's a question of, you know, it was uh, at a time that was, you know, what, one words himself as into the third when he means, and he says three. And the other one says that when it's, uh, when it's still not yet three, he calls it two. So that's why one says two, the other one says three, but really they're talking about the same time. Rabbi Yudha says, no, people make a mistake as far as half an hour, and therefore they could be as far apart from each other as two hours, because the one who said, really it happened somewhere uh, in between, you know, uh, between the, the three and four, and one of them was off by half an hour, so therefore he had it, in the end of the second hour, and the other one said that, it, and therefore he said two. The other one said, uh, was off by half an hour in the opposite direction, and that's why he said it's no good the other way. What? So basically, if you're off by half an hour, it happened in half of four, and the one who said three was off by half an hour, and, there, and he meant the end of three, which is a half an hour away. The other one who said five, he was off by half an hour in the opposite direction. And that's why, and it was, uh, and that's the story. Okay, that is um, uh, uh, that's version A of Abaya's understanding. And then we also saw version B of Abaya's understanding, which is that Rameyer says a person makes a mistake of a little bit, not not at all, but a little bit, and uh, and uh, and therefore, and Rebuda says a person makes a mistake by an hour and a bit, and that's the difference. Okay, so Rameir, and we spoke, spoke it out. Rameir says it's a, a, only a mashu, and therefore the story happened either at the end of the second hour or the beginning of the third hour. And one of them made a mistake and thought it was into the second or into the third, and that's why he changed, it was off by an hour. According to Rabbi Yudha, um, a person makes a mistake an hour and a bit, and that's how they could be off by two hours. Either it took place at the end of the third or the beginning of the fifth. And one of them made a mistake by that mount. And that is as far as we got to yesterday. And we are on the top line on Daf Yud Bey's Amun Aleph. And one second.